Hello, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time. Uh, whatever is the case, I just want to tell you thank you so much uh, for going out on a limb and clicking subscribe or just playing this episode today. I, I absolutely appreciate um, your time. I know time is precious, um, so you spending 35, 40 minutes um, of your time with me really, really, really is wonderful, and I appreciate that. You are in for, honestly, probably the best part of your day. Um, I don't know if, even if it's, look, even if it's five in the morning, this is going to be the best part of your day, the best 40 minutes of your day, because you are getting ready to sit down and listen to the magnanimous, the, the illustrious, the um, wise Matt Pratt from Webster County High School. He actually works. Um, I have had the pleasure of knowing this dude for two years. Um, we have been, I guess, innocence stepbrothers. Um, we have, we, 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 we are in the same family, but I, I, I might classify us as step family um, because I work at the high school and it's really weird the way we've got this set up in Webster County. Um, I work at the high school and attached to this high school is this other whole high school, this ATC, Area Technical College, our Area Technical Center. And um, though it's under the same roof, it is a different entity. So though we um, share the same space, I would say we probably come from different families. Um, but having said that, Matt Pratt is a teacher down there at the Area Technical Center of Webster County. And um, I'll be honest, when I started this podcast, one of the things that I'm pretty passionate about is CTE and it is Votech and it is blue collar jobs. And so when I was introduced to Matt, um, I really hoped that I could be able to bring him on one day because I know he's got a lot of ideas. So without further ado, uh, welcome. Welcome, Matt. Oh, thanks, dude. Thanks for having me. This is an honor for sure. So. Absolutely. And for um, those of you that, you know, well, since I'm not sharing the video, you should know, um, Matt, your nickname is Redbeard. Is that right? Yes, Redbeard. That so is correct. Matt has a, um, I'm going to tell you, at, it, on a scale of one to 10, he's probably probably got a 9.5 beard. Um, <laughs> he's got one of those yeah. beards that um, it looks like, you know, you flat iron every day. Maybe you have some beard oil. <laughs> Um, you know, we could absolutely put some beads in it. Um, it is really cool. And I know you guys can't see it out there in uh, podcast land, but, uh, Matt, thank you very much for being here today. Man, I, I sure appreciate it. I, I was just absolutely thrilled for one and congratulations on your podcast, but I was like super thrilled that if anybody in this whole world could do a podcast, Ryan Scott could. So I was just like, and then when you started, um, you know, asking people for their big, ad, you know, big ideas that I was just like, you know, this would be great for us to hook up. And I, I do appreciate the opportunity to talk about my idea and stuff like that. So it's an absolute honor. So, yeah, well, thank you, man. You know, the, the stated purpose of this whole thing is to connect the visions of one with the passions of another. Um, so, you know, we can't really change the world unless we get those visions out there. Um, yeah. and one of the wonderful, amazing, and sometimes scary things about social media is that we can get our ideas out there and literally everybody can listen. So my goal is that tonight, um, one of our listeners 
connects with Matt and what he is talking about. And then later in the show, I will let you know how you can get a hold of him um, to do that. Uh, Matt, I always want to start out. Um, I always start out with what led you into education um, simply because mine was not the normal path. And so it's really interesting to me. And I know it's interesting to those people that are listening just to know how you landed in the field of education. Well, um, I, I, I won't go too rabbit hole on you. So I, I got to a point as a uh, maintenance guy and as a crane operator and a welder machinist. And I'm just like, I guess the coal mines would be great if I could land the job at outside shop. And I had that opportunity to do that. So I was there as the outside guy that took care of three different portals. I inspected the hoist that the men travel up down on every day. I inspected the, the mine fan that uh, provides air for those guys underground. And um, I was just kind of a jack of all trade. And it took that kind of background to even qualify for that job. But my point is that I got to the point where we took family vacations at the lake. We had a camper, our local lake here. And um, I would, let's just say on July the 4th, I would set up camp the night before. I would get up at 2.33 in the morning, go back to the mines, do all of my checks and come back and try to enjoy the day that everyone else probably has off. And it got to the point where it was, I, I wasn't causing any trouble at home. For those of you that are listening, it wasn't one of those where I was denying my family because I was still coaching soccer as a paraprofessional. And I was like trying to do everything I can with my two girls. And it got to the point where my wife said, you know, it, it would be nice to have you off when we're off. Cause my wife's an educator 20 years. And she was just like, I said, well, you know, that, that'd be good. I said, but, it, you know, I would, you know, I what would I teach? You know, and we just made that statement, you know, kind of pillow talk. And it, it got to the point where I was entertaining it, but I didn't have an opportunity or an avenue that I knew of that I could get into. And um, the welding instructor now, John McNeely, he was coming out to our minds and we provided, um, you know, metal for them as far as like for kids to be able to work on. And it was a way for us to give to the technical uh, or to the ATC, the Area Technology Center, where they we could provide material for them to work on and practice on without the expense of buying new. So John and I had been friends before he even started in education for years and um, he would come out there and talk to me and he came one day I'll try to paint you a picture like Bob Ross here. <laughs> it, 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 it was a happy day. And it, it was just like, happy. we were both, we were both sitting there and the sun was setting and he goes, and you, you have to know John McNeely. He has a way with words. He goes, Hey man, I got to tell you something. I'm like, Oh God, what happened? <laughs> he goes, uh, there's a job opportunity at the, uh, area technology center, at Webster County the uh, machine tool instructor is getting ready to retire and um, you ought to think about it. And I go, 
So, and the first thing out of your mouth, if you're being honest, is like, so we talking the same money here, John, or what, what are we talking here? Right. And he proceeded to tell me, you know, it's like, well, it's X amount of dollars, or whatever. And I'm like, you know, John, I'm, I'm willing to six figures here, bro. Yeah. You know, I, I'm like, uh, I said, but then I started immediately revert, you know, reverting back to my wife and I pillow talk and I'm going, wow. So he left me that day and he just kind of planted the seed, you know, and I just, you know, and I'm a, I'm a Christian. So I just like, and I pray. So I was like, God, if this is you, I'm going to say it out loud. You're going to open every door and shut everyone that I'm not supposed to. So Ryan, I pursued it and I pursued it hard. I applied for it. And then I went through a series of interviews and uh, I mean, there was 65, 68 applicants for that job. And um, I started doing research on it. I'm like, what, what am I going to have to have? And I met all the qualifications. So I went through the interview and um, I, it was just like, everything was great. I guess I said the right things because I, of a panel of five, uh, they called me and said, you know, Matt, we want to offer you the job. And uh, I was just blown away that, uh, that it fell into place. And I said, you know, this is time. And I wanted the last com confirmation to be with my maintenance chief, my boss. And he told me out of his own mouth, he said, I can't think of anyone else in this planet that could have the patience with students like you would. I said, confirmation. Okay, cool. And he did not give me any flack. He just embraced it. And I like, boom. So, but that's how I kind of got into it. Then after, you know, the state requires you to take a national uh, a test, you know, to see if you even qualify and know what you're talking about, even though you've got the job 75%. But I had to take, you know, like a hundred and uh, hundred something question and be proficient on it to be able to teach, you know, so, but I just knew it was, I knew it was great. I knew it was the timing and that's how I got into teaching. It was off another ATC teacher, just kind of planting a seed. So, man, I, I, uh, I'm a firm believer that God puts you in particular places at particular seasons of your life for particular reasons. Um, and you know, one thing I know about you and I, we share a common I think, love for, um, I don't, I, I hate to say it, a type of kid, but a kid that maybe, maybe some others might write off. Um, right. Some others might not um, want to invest the time. Um, maybe, you know, maybe the type of kid that others see rough around the edges. Um, but I think you and I both, those are the kids that we love and, and, yeah. and all the time, those are the kids that kind of flock to you and I. So um, before we get started into the big idea of this episode, I want to start with what we always do just to model that connections before content philosophy um, for our listeners. So Matt, I've got two questions for you. Okay. Then you're going to turn around. You're going to ask me those two questions and we are going to uh, hopefully we'll, we'll keep on trucking. So here we go. All right. Question, good. question one. Now, um, I asked the same question on my last episode um, with Ben Koenig. He's a music teacher in um, Evansville, Indiana. But I also wanted to ask it to you because I know you have a music side to you. And okay. um, so I want to ask, if you were able 
to have this magic radio that followed you around, maybe a magic eight track player because you're a little older. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you were to have a magic eight, you know, eight track rolling around after you, every time you walked into the room, one song would play, what would that song be? Mm, that's so good. I, I'm going to have to say Hysteria by Def Leppard. <laughs> I, I think uh, because it, and I'm a musician, so I, I'm, I'm kind of like, um, it, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just is my, it is it the feeling you get? That song? It, it, it is. It's like, I'm, I'm driving top down. Like I could drive all night with it. I could play it 1500 times and never, because the groove in that song, the musical hook in that song just absolutely captivates me. So I, I, I would have to say Hysteria by Def Leppard. But, that's kind and of, that's hard for me. That's hard for me because people ask me at all time, like, Matt, you've been playing drums for X amount of years. It's like, what's your favorite song? I mean, I could go four different genres on you, you know, but I still, they're like, what's your top five? I'm like, I have no idea. But you you kind of hit it tonight there, Ryan. I mean, that's just, if, if, if there was one that followed me, it, it would probably be that song. So to answer that question. So mine would be Inagata De Vida. Okay. Oh, I love that song. All right. Question number two. Um, I was asked, we were asked this a couple weeks ago in a PD that I was in. Um, if you had, if you were given um, $100,000 for your, your classroom, mm -hmm. what's the first thing you would do with it? Um, I would probably, I've always had this crazy, because you and I are crazy. I've had this crazy idea that I want to set up the ultimate hangout classroom. Yeah. Bar, bar top tables, um, you know, with social distancing, of course, but, uh, for now, for now, for now, but I just want it to be, to be an atmosphere that, uh, I would apps that they would, they would beg to come hang out seven, eight hours in. It would be completely state of the art. It would have avenues where they could look up, do whatever, and they feel completely comfortable. They don't, they don't feel like I'm going to school. They feel like, hey man, this is this would be like hanging with Pratt at his house. You know, mm -hmm. this would be like, you know, what what he would, you know, set up a room. You know, so I, I would do that with some of it. But, and I have two. I have the luxury of having a classroom and a lab. But the the other half I would do where I would love to have a touch screen some kind of computer or touchscreen on every machine that I own. So that way that they have the internet to provide them with even more advanced learning while they're on the machine. Okay. Now, safe, safety third, of course, but yeah. I'm just saying that that way that they, if they have a problem, instead of, you know, you want the teacher, you know, to answer 17 kids, but sometimes they can at one time, it's like, Brad, I've seen this right here. And they punch it up on their screen. It's like, this guy 
cut this piece of metal like this, check this out. And it gives them the ability to be, you know, um, self-sufficient too, and be able to, you know, do critical thinking right there at their machine. So, okay. so um, I'm throwing it out there. Um, Mr. Bill okay. or uh, Mr. Elon Musk, um, Mr. Bezos, um, if when you listen to this, when you listen to this, um, if you could just send Matt Pratt a check in the amount of $100,000, um, <laughs> literally, I know you earned that in about 20 seconds. So, you know, it's nothing. So if you would, that's right. go ahead and do that. Yes, I take right. it. Take it and run with it. What questions you got for me? So what was your dream job at the age of 17? Ooh, okay. So at 17, I was hell-bent on being a marine biologist. Um, at 17, okay. I had applied to Florida State University. I had gotten into Florida. Um, I was really interested in sharks. And life took a turn. I decided not to go to Florida. Instead, I went to uh, Murray State but because they had a really good aquatic biology program. Um, and for a year, I was aquatic biology major, took all of those botany classes and science classes, and then um, life's um, forks in the roads happened, and then that didn't happen. Oh, wow. Okay. That's good. I did not know that about you. That That's super cool. Uh, the next one would be, not to mention your age, since you kind of cracked on my age with the eight-track statement, but... All right what what's your dream job now like after you've taken the forks in the road what's your dream job now so my ab what would be my absolute dream job right now would to be at some sort of um almost like an alternative learning center alternative mm -hmm. between high school um where honestly, where there were three, four, five, six different tracks for graduation. Um, kids could come in at their own, you know, they wanted to drop in, drop out and work on some type of computer-based program to earn their transcripts. They could do that. Um, if they wanted to come in all day, they could do that. Um, if they wanted to come in and do, you know, half the day on computer for their four classes and do the rest of the day on uh, CTE type stuff, they could do that. Um, it would also have a residential component. Um, kids would live there. Um, I have my first episode. I was at, I was able to interview David Knott, who works for the Milton Hershey School in Hershey, Pennsylvania, which has mm -hmm. a residential K pre actually it's pre K through twelfth grade um, school that the kids live there. They're all from uh, economically disadvantaged households, but they live there. And they are taught everything over the course of that time. Um, that would be my type of dream setup. Uh, who knows? Oh, well, I mean, that's to me, I, I wish we both could get, well, yours would take about probably $2 million to get that going. But, you know, I, I, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I would I would sign up to be a part of that for sure, because that's just, that's groundbreaking. Yes. Well, and I actually just got to talk with uh, a young lady who is in charge of the marketing for that school. Um, we talked yesterday. She's going to set me up with someone, and we're going to we're going to have a whole 
um, episode devoted to to mentor mentoring um, and kind of their how they do mentoring there at that school. So I'm pretty excited about oh, that. Wow. Oh, cool. I would be. I'd be pumped. So uh, let's let's get rolling on this idea of yours. Um, so Matt, before I got started, I wanted to, wanted to let you know um, a good buddy of mine, Daryl Porter. He is a um, he is in charge of the CTE side of Crowley Independent School District in Fort Worth, Texas. He mm-hmm. and I talk quite a bit, and he's going to come on here in a couple episodes. But I was asking him today about their CTE programs at his school. And in his school, they have 29 different programs of study and 12 pathways. Wow. Yeah. Like they have wow. a, an aviation wing where uh, aviation repair, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew you would geek out on it because I did. Yeah. I, I do have friends that teach aviation. I envy them. But. So cool. All right. So my man, Matt, um, what is the problem? that your um, big ed idea kind of helps to solve? Well, I've, I've done some thought on it and it's, it's, it's kind of, it hit me right in the face after our first, my first opening day at Webster County High School. And I, I knew it was a problem, but I didn't really know it was a major problem until I got knee deep in it. Career and technical education has always had um, a stigma associated with it. And what I mean by that, for lack of better analogy, it, it seems to be the dumping ground for those that do not excel in the regular classroom. Yeah. Um, the problem I see with this is that this mentally you know, kind of fails, you know, to give, allow all students to achieve their full potential and do a job that they're truly gifted at. You know, because we're all gifted and called to do different things. And just because you may not excel at one, it does not mean, you know, that you won't be, you know, a valuable member of society. Uh, but I, I think we, we've got to create an atmosphere where classroom skills and technical education are both equally valued. Okay. So that's, that's, that's my problem. Okay. So I want to, I want to reflect on that. You are saying, and I agree, I 100% agree that there is, seems to be a stigma. Um, Maybe, so I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe there's a stigma between blue collar and white collar. So, you know, you've got your CTE blue collar path. You've got your white collar, um, you know, because here in Kentucky, for those of those of us out of the state, you know, it's college and career ready, um, right. which to me, in, inadvertently, it kind of separates them. Um, my idea is it's the one and the same thing, right? Uh, to be quite honest. Um, but I would, I would also, I would agree with you. Um, I grew up in a very strong union family. My uh, dad was a boilermaker. His dad was a boilermaker for a little while. I've got uncles that are electricians. My brother was an iron worker. Um, so like my, my, just my path in life was basically either college or I was going to join the Boilermakers at the time. And I did it for a summer and Lord, no, I, no, no way I could not do that. Um, but yeah, I agree. There is type of some, and maybe it's because, well, I know why, honestly, I think I know why, because for the last 30 years, what did we push college, 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 college. Yeah. And now we're at this point 
And one of my big things is we're at this point now where um, we've got this huge skill gap and automation is going to be taking over so many of our jobs that, that really the only jobs that are not going to be automated are those skill-based jobs that you're talking about. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about what your idea is then. Like, what can we do to change the stigma? Well, I, my big thing, and for lack of a better word, and I think sometimes we, we overuse this word, maybe we don't use enough, but I, I, I want to bridge the gap between the, re, the regular ed classroom and the technical ed classroom. Because, and I'll, I'll go into it in a minute, but I want us to come up with a common ground to be able to teach, build relationships that you and I are huge on first. Yeah. I should have said that first, but, and to show them that both worlds are important. Sure. So just like the English classroom, you got to be able to communicate effectively and use words that make sense, not your own made up words, but you also have to have the ability to do the other you have to be able to i i can speak monkey wrench there mr pratt but i can't speak critical English. thinking critical thinking you know, problem solving yes. yeah so and you know an example you know i is that you have to be able to communicate with someone in maintenance through an email okay so i've worked in maintenance half my life and but if, if i don't know how to read write and complete a sentence then that guy's not going to be able to understand. So, and you know that, so, but, so we must be able to speak uh, and be able to type your ideas and concerns in the same token, the plant manager, the white collar guy has to be able to communicate and talk to the maintenance worker. So there it's, it's got to start in the classroom with the traditional teacher and the technical education teacher that we have to form the bridge. We have to, we have to come up with the idea that's not, we're, we're going to bury the stigma Yeah. because it's, it's got to start with us because we're the one that's showing them about life. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're, we're showing them about, you know, but I, and I have some ideas, you know, but you know, I, I guess we can get in that in a minute, but that's, that's my idea is, is to bring those two people together and create an atmosphere that is so well-rounded and so whole that this kid that comes out of high school where he is either AP or he is, you know, non-AP, but they will have life skills, but they will be able to communicate. They'll be able to add, they'll be able to understand what science is, understand what geography is. And, you know, so that way that there's not this, hard line in the sand it's like you can either do one or the other no i think you can do both i really yeah. do and, and to be honest i think you should do both absolutely i think absolutely. you should do both yes i and i you know what i completely agree and as you're you're talking about this my mind's just spinning i'm getting these visions of you know while you're teaching um you're teaching your kids in your classroom, maybe that that same day, maybe it's like a collab lesson and you've got the math teacher in there talking about the math behind this router that you're using, or maybe you've got um, the English teacher in there. And, you know, after this, after you've created something, 
now the kid has to sit down and write a, um, you know, a, a how-to piece or an argumentative piece about, you know, why, why this kid's uh, product was better than this other kid's. Um, yeah. And yeah, there. That, that's that's what I was going to tell you. My my head's spinning, you know. Like, and I'll, I'll give you some of them right now. And I hope I'm not jumping. No, no, do it, do it. Like, so, like, here's my first one. Let's create a day once a month where a tech ed teacher gives a short 15 minute lesson on life and technical ed in the traditional classroom. Love it. Okay. Love it. So, for example, I'm going to show a kid that would never darken our doorstep. You're stranded on the side of the road. You got a flat tire. How to change that tire? Yeah. And or let's let's even go further. How to check your oil? How to perform this is my best one. How to perform basic first aid? You know, and we can go down that rabbit hole all we want, but we have taken so many life skills out of our traditional teaching that uh, it's become a problem because I'll do it once a week for just as a icebreaker or whatever and i'll go okay here you go here's the index card turn it over on the white side we we've just lost all the internet we're going to have to mail our first bill so let's address that envelope <laughs> yeah me, good luck where, where do you think the stamp goes <laughs> hey google where, where do you yeah hey google <laughs> exactly right so they might not understand that yeah, you know? yeah. but on on my side Here's something really simple, like how many of you love an open concept in a house? How many of you raise your hand? Oh, yeah, you want an open floor plan. You're getting ready to do curtains, right? And you're like, hey, honey, can you get that tape measure for me? Yeah. Is this the round one that says 25? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you're measuring for curtains and you're like, so what'd you get? And I'll write it down. Uh, it's it's 58 and three three marks little, past little the 58. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of concept where you yeah. can read a tape measure, yeah. you know, because you're good. That's a life skill that you yeah. want to have. But uh, number two would be the career and tech ed teacher and the, you know, the regular classroom teacher that they would be able to do a partnership for a semester at a time where they're partnered with one another. Oh, that's cool. And, and it would have to be, you know, we can collaborate, work on live social skills as well as reading, writing, math, and science where, uh, and just to give you an example, we got to do this at Murray State three years ago, where it was called math and CTE. So we took our math, how we teach math and manufacturing, and we brought in, or excuse me, Dr. Brian Parr and Dr. Kim Parr there at Murray State. Um, they brought in CTE teachers and traditional math teachers, and we had to work together. That's so cool. For, for four days that's so cool. and what we did was show each other how we did math how we taught you know trig in in machine tool because i teach trig yeah and but and, and people don't and math teachers some of them don't even realize that i'm, I'm teaching that kind of math you yeah, know yeah, they're yeah yeah they just think we're just in there playing i don't yeah. know and I, I don't mean to stereotype teachers like no that, no i'm just saying that it, it's just we had such a good time because we had to list things. We had to write lesson plans together. We had to execute them. We videoed the lesson plans together. We taught them together. And so it covered the, the student. Exact same standards, probably. Yes, exactly. And Absolutely. 
the high level thinker in math was getting it and the low level or the kid that struggles with it was getting it because we gave them two approaches and it was just, it was brilliant and I loved it. And I, I think we need to carry it over in our, our our regular high schools. I really do. Yeah. Like, so this may be a little, um, hot topic, but that's okay. That's what this is for. Um, I'm convinced that, um, we've got to get away from just content, um, because we are in an age where, um, content could be Googled and to, to be, you know, 100% honest in social studies class, there's no reason our kids should be learning dates. Um, they should be, they should not be learning, you know, cause all that stuff can be, can be Googled. However, what I think our high schools have to start getting towards is the competency based. So it's yeah. not that you can learn the trig formula. You don't need to know it. The, 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 the thing they need to know is how they can apply it. And what yeah. you are saying is that absolutely what we are doing, what we are going to is an application ba- based model so that number one, what you're doing is relevant to that kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I say this all the time, if it's not relevant to a kid, hell if it's not relevant to us we don't learn it we won't no, no. so if we make it relevant those kids are going to learn it number two you are embedding critical thinking which is sorely 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 needed um i know for everybody especially our kids coming up um, i just got done reading a book called how school could be different or school done different and um he makes this profound statement that we do a really, really good job preparing kids for college entrance exams, but do a horrible, horrible job preparing kids for college because we're not teaching them the critical thinking. We're not teaching them the problem solving. We're not teaching them the, you say it's, you said, you said soft skills of CTE, but I just think it's life skills. It is. It's life skills. I call them life skills too. I mean, it's, it's critical. I mean, I think we've gotten so far on this paradigm that we're preparing kids for college. We, we think we are, but if you really look at the number of kids that have to take remedial classes and stuff, we're Mm -hmm. really not. I mean, yeah, we're pushing the content. Yes. We're pushing, you know, the things that they need to know for that test to get into that exam. But when it comes down to it and, you know, they're on their own. And like I said, they've got to think a little bit outside of the box. They shut down. And, and I know this is why you love CTE. That's exactly why I love CTE. Right. Cause it, it, it just, it, it goes to show you that we're on the forefront of something that if those that are higher than you and I would remember and we say this a lot in CT. Don't ever, because those that get promoted, it was like, well, you remember when you were teaching electricity at your school? Don't forget the classroom. Sure. Yep. While you're making policy, and I'm not trying to get there either. I'm not trying to go, but I am, because I don't care. Don't forget the classroom. It's easy to make policy. It's easy to make standards. When you forgot about that kid or that 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 does not do what we do they don't think like we think and i have to give them more hands-on than i do you know the reading part of it the writing part of it and 
that application-based learning is so critical right now because we we have, like you said, we can ask Google for anything. Anything. But I'll tell you what you can't do, and I've learned this during remote learning. How do you teach a hands-on class remote? Yeah. And I had to come up with new ways, you know, just like I had to go, okay, how am I going to do assessment? Okay, here we go. So I taught them, right? But I, I come up with a way. This is brand new. So you're hearing it first. I'm just going to give you an idea. So those who listen, they can just take it. What I did, safety first, I took a laptop and I put it on a lathe. I put it on my machine and each student would call in and I go, okay, Here's what we're going to do. This is your project. You remember we talked about it, blah, blah, blah. You've had this before, before we went remote. Now, just to test your knowledge, I'm going to become your hands now, little Sam. And he has 10 fingers, just so you know. 10 fingers. (laughs) fingers. So I got 10 fingers. And little Sam, you're going to tell me how to load the piece, how to cut it, start to finish. I'm not going to say a word unless there's a safety problem, and then I'm going to stop you. So that kid was, all right, Mr. Pratt, load, load the piece of the machine. Don't do this because, and then they're step by step. Now they're able to tell me they're teaching at that point. And that's, and so those are communication standards. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they're teaching, they're, it's not student led, but it is student led. So you're going, wow, this kid just did this and they're able to, and that's the only way that I could think outside the box and go, how can I teach a hands-on, Sure. you know, so, and, and I was doing some of those things, but just, just one more point I want to make that as far as the stereotypical crap that we deal with, I've heard when I first got into it, I heard that, well, here's the difference. We've got, you know, teachers that have four-year degrees and masters and those guys down there at CTE, you know, they can come in with uh, an associates. They can wash. come in with whatever. Okay. Here's what people don't understand. Those are their listening. We have to have a, we have to have certifications just so we can teach that program. Number two, the state makes us go back and whatever we're missing, we have to come up to that level. So we're doing a double, double, but the point is that if we lost our jobs tomorrow, we can go back into industry. Yep. And that's where we have to appreciate one another. It's like, you know, ma'am, I know you're 25 years old. You just come out of college. You know, you got this, that, and other. What are you going to fall back on? Sure. Who's, who's hiring the county over? So I think that we should, this is my whole point to that, is like that, that stereotype and that stigma has to go away where if we're showing them now in 2021 where we can do both, that we can, we can go ahead and be that marketing director. But guess what else I have too? Yeah, I have a path. I have a pathway in business. I have a pathway in aviation. I have a pathway that I went ahead and took some technical education along with my regular four-year degree. So I have something else that I can fall back on. And so now you've you've taken the white collar and the blue collar, you've and you completely com- you've merged them at that point. And you go. I can provide for my family forever because of what I've done. So that's, that's, that's my thing. No, I love that. I love that idea. Absolutely love that idea. Um, I mean, talk your head off, but I know. Hey, that's what this is for, man. (laughs) Listen, if you don't talk, 
people would have already turned it off. They don't want to hear sure. me. They, no, they, they, they turned in, they tuned in for the illustrious Matt Pratt. Um, I understand. So um, I'm going to start winding us down. Okay. You have, you have really given us some specifics tonight. Um, and okay. I really, really like that. I love the, I love the ideas. I love the visions, but I also like the specifics behind it. So you've given us some specifics tonight, and I know one or two or maybe all three of those are going to resonate with somebody um, out there in internet land. So Matt, if you will, let us know um, kind of your social media, how we can get a hold of you or, or whatever. You know, if they, if they want to get a hold of you and they want to talk some more about this, um, or they've got um, $5 million to blow and they want to create this brand new state-of-the-art high school that embeds um, the CTE and it embeds the college path. Um, how can they get a hold of you? Well, one way is you can get a hold of me through Matt at redbeardusa.com. It's real easy. Um, I'm on Instagram, redbeardceo. I'm, uh, but any, anyway, uh, you can, you know, look, look me up, you know, on, on the website because all of our numbers are on there on Webster County Area Technology Center. You can find me on there. But um, yeah, email or socials. Facebook is just Matt Pratt. You can message me whatever you want to do because I'm a I'm an open book and I, I love to chat with folks. So, you know, any any of those avenues would be great. Be fine. If, if you um... If you want to do old school and uh, send a self self addressed stamped envelope, just yeah. reach out to me and I'll uh, I'll send you. The, if you still know how to do that, um, yeah. Before I close this out, I've got a I've got a your my listeners have to know this about you, Matt. You were also a manager of bands, is that right? At a national. Yes. yes, I have taken the plunge. I said I'd never do it again. I, as I know, it's just hard to believe, but <laughs> as I was working. I was still a musician, still playing, and uh, I grew up um, playing in and out of, you know, pretty big country acts, and then I got burnt out on that town, uh, Nashville, because it was just, it it came to the point where it was not doing what they said they were going to do, and it was just a lot of backstabbing, so I got out of it, raised my family, but I had my brother, he called me, and he's just like my little brother, and he goes, hey man, I want you to listen, I said no. I'm not. Said, yeah, I want you. I want you to listen to this artist, you know, and she's got a gig coming up. We need Please. a drummer. And I'm like, okay. So I listened to her, and her name is Amber Dela Cruz. And it got to the point where I was rethinking it again, and it's something I just really wanted to do. And I, but then it took me sideways when she said, "I really want you to consider being my manager." And uh, I was like, okay. And and I've always thought about that because. I've sang half my life. I played drums and keyboards. So I was just like, you know, this thing might be for real. So one thing led to another. Um, I got a business partner. He and I are best friends in Nashville. And he's 10 years younger than I am. And he played with Low Cash Cowboy. And we uh, we took off on a business plan, a model. And now we have four artists that we're managing. And uh, we still have full-time jobs. But our whole goal is just to let you know that we want people to be able that need this kind of management is we're doing the opposite of what Nashville does. And we want you to, if, if you come to us, have you been Nashville? Yeah. In other words, like they're looking for the cream of the crop and all the doors have shut and whatever. It's like, we're going to develop you a business plan. We're going to develop you. And it's all about your music. It's not about what we want. It's about what you want. So we show them how to live on their own, 
make a budget, do it yourself, and we do three quarter of what traditional management costs. So we don't we're not in their pocketbook that heavy at all. So we allow them to breathe, and we're just pouring into them doing artist development. So that's kind of giving back, you know. It sounds a bit. Um, it sounds a lot like your personality. Um, oh, you know, thank you. No, I mean it. Um, the reason I say that is I think you are a very purpose-driven person. Um, I don't think you got into teaching um, because of, I know you said it had a better schedule, but I think ultimately you got into teaching because you wanted to do something to change the world and make it a better place. I, I know that about you. I see you doing yeah. it every day. Um, I see um, your classroom as the vehicle of how you change these kids' lives. And, um, you know, that's one thing I truly, truly, truly believe in is those relationships first. And uh, you absolutely exemplify that. Um, and before I cut us off, I do want our listeners to know that you just, so I can't remember the name of the award, but you won some type of award for the state of Kentucky of your uh, professional groups and stuff. So. Tell me what that was again. That was the, uh, uh, it was the Western region. Um, it's kind of like teacher of the year, but it's more like a distinguished award where we had two or three or four uh, people put my name in and they wrote a letter, you know, and obviously they don't tell you who, but they just nominated me for that. And uh, I received that award this year. So it was a distinguished um, teaching award for CTE. And, but uh, I was absolutely honored and humbled. I just had no idea, you know, so it, it was a great achievement. You know, I've been teaching five years and I never thought that I would even be, <laughs> wasn't even looking for that, you know, but it was just like, it, it was great. So um, I was truly honored by that, so. Well, I'm going to end this up by saying what um, I said at the very beginning, um, something I feel 100% in my bones, that God puts you in a particular place at a particular time for a particular reason. And uh, you were snatched out of the coal mine um, and placed um, into the halls of Webster County um, Area Technical Center. I always get that wrong. I always want to say college. But you were obviously placed there for a reason. And uh, I just appreciate you, man. Um, I know we don't get to see each other much during the, the day because we are stepbrothers um, in different hallways, but keep it up, um, keep it up, keep it up, keep changing that world. And uh, folks out there, if you are interested, reach out to my man, Matt Redbeard, and I promise that you guys can get um, something together to change the world. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. I sure do appreciate the opportunity, man.